and welcome to the latest episode of Two Wizards and a Mic, where two old people, older people, uh, who still like to play D&D, are going to tell you all about how amazing the game is and how you can play it better. I am Shane. And I am Andrew. And I just wanted to point out that this episode, as of two days ago, I think, we've been doing this for one whole year. Wow. 41 episodes of D&D Pearls of Wisdom. In 52 weeks. That's right. And uh, I got to say, it's been fun, and I am going to continue doing it for the next 25 years. So, (laughs) (laughs) So that was actually... 89. Excellent. And uh, and we'll probably be laying in some sort of pods where all of it will be done through virtual reality or something. Oh, we don't even go down that street. (laughs) No, we're going back. We're going backwards. The grid is going to go down, and we're just going to record it on tape and mail it out. So if you want to get your uh, copies of episodes 600 through 900, make sure to send a self-addressed stamped envelope, which half the people listening would be like, a what? Oh, they'll know then. Oh yeah, by then that's true. <laughs> oh yeah. So uh, this week we're talking about one of my favorite things to talk about in terms of D and D is traps. And uh, so uh, start us off. What should players and especially game masters, DMs, know about traps? Sure. So I'm going to quickly do a quick Kickstarter update uh, as well, uh, right. because Sorry. I know the backers are interested. The um, the Phelan 2 book, the the last print should arrive here at the office any day. Could be tomorrow, um, probably by the end of this week. And then we'll start shipping the uh, hard hardcover and softcover books. And then the new Kickstarter probably will go, probably launch late February, early March. And that's going to be Monsters of the Dungeon. So trap, yes. Now... I love, I always have loved traps as a player, as a DM. Um, you can put them almost anywhere. You can use them as obstacles. You can use them as challenges for the more thinking type of player. Um, in general, there are mechanical traps and there are magical traps. Um, the most famous adventure, one of the most famous modules ever is Tomb of Horrors, which is filled with traps. Um, it's not actually really supposed to be a regular adventure. Shane and I were just speaking about this before we started. It was supposed to be, it was originally a tournament module where Gary Gygax was trying to challenge some players with really high level characters um, who thought they were, you know, the best thing since sliced bread. And he was going to slice their characters instead. And um yeah, so that's what it was intended. It was intended also to show that it's really important to be a thinking player and to ask good questions to the DM and consider your what's going on in your environment. But Tomb of Horrors, filled with nasty, challenging traps. Um, there are also a bunch of books uh, called the Grim Tooth Trap Books, which are filled with mostly more complicated traps. And you can pick those up on Drive Through RPG. The PDFs for about five bucks. So that's not too bad. Um, in fifth edition, you some there's a grim tooth. This is one of the books. Then there's our yeah, I think there's about a dozen of them at least. And they give you like a you know a description, and then there's a there's usually a little drawing or a quick illustration of what the trap is going to be like. The infamous wheel trap. Yeah. So in fifth edition, they're a little bit different. They're a lot, um, a lot more pr- player friendly, and there's good things about that, and there's bad things about that. So sometimes you get to make a dexterity save in five um, e to avoid traps because of your quick reflexes. Um, sometimes you, or you can make a Constitution save against poison. Um, however, I wouldn't use saves all the time it would depend on the situation um they can also be detected and disabled so the dungeon master decide decides beforehand how hard hard it's going to be the dc for the trap 
uh, you know, five is really easy. 20 is pretty hard. And, um, and also you could decide on a DC to see how difficult it is to disable it as well as find it. Um, you can also use the character's passive perception. Um, I think there's a misunderstanding sometimes that passive perception is the only way you can find things. That's not true. A player can also say, I want to make an investigation check or a wisdom um, perception check or insight check. All those ways the player can be active and involved. And um, there is a bit of a kind of a more modern take on traps that they're bad because they can hurt your player. Well, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> I I just want to actually, I'm going to uh, make a point on that, uh, on that sure. uh, is that the word used to describe the very thing that apparently are bad are traps. Uh, yeah. So, you know, um, they're set on purpose by the villain uh, or some sort of villainous faction uh, because they don't want you going where you want to go and yeah. uh and i have read that as well online about people saying that traps are i've heard them described as they're just unfair um, yeah where in my sort of encounters with traps in the last few years generally speaking they're pretty mild you know it's like oh i took a bit of poison damage or this or oh i got sliced or where a lot of traps i think traps have sort of fallen out of favor with the core sort of adventures uh, at least from my perspective, um, I haven't actually looked or noticed looking at uh, the new version of Tomb of Horrors where you had traps that just kills you outright yeah. and sucks to be you. I don't know if they've milded those. Milded? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they did. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I think part of it sometimes is people don't read the rules. So if you look in the Dungeon Master's Guide, there's a, a section on traps. And the severity, yeah, for first to fourth level, usually maximum 4d10, usually 1d10 or 2d10. So still pretty pretty bad, but not like horrible. 5 to 10, you can get up to 10d10 for a deadly trap. So that's pretty nasty. And then much higher for a level 11, levels 11 above, which most people don't play. I think that's part of the reason. There's so few people playing high levels that they don't get to see those really bad traps. I mean, it gets up to 24 D10 with level 17 and above. 24 D10, so 240 maximum. <laughs> so um, many times these traps are connected, obviously, like Shane said, to blocking you from going somewhere, guarding something like a treasure vault. Um, often they're part or connected to a treasure chest. Um, yes. Some locations are also booby trapped. The whole place is just booby trapped to maim, maim or kill player characters. Um, I think too, you you make a good point about traps and the way they can be overdone. And if you're if you're just getting traps that are you know taking characters down all the time, I think they can be they can be overdone. However. They are, I still, I think they're fun and they keep people on their toes. And I think that's part of what has changed is that the game is less tactical and strategic now. Yeah. And I think the game is more fun when it is. I agree because if you're just hacking and slashing and barging through the door and smashing things, I mean, most often there's going to be a, maybe a minute or two of discussion at the most about right. how to go we're going to go through this door great we've never been through this door everybody just you know and we've been told and learned about the local lore that says if you try to open this door it explodes the mountain comes to life and then eats us so perhaps we should i don't know find another entrance or potentially you know and, and you're right because the whole strategic part i think you're, you're right gets lost a lot of the time yeah. and you are completely uh there, when there's nothing to fear, that is when the game gets really boring. Yeah. And the practice of being uh, aware that something could hurt your character when you walk around the corner. Um, I mean, quite often in the adventures that you run, we're poking the floor. We're looking for pressure plates. We're doing things like that. Mm -hmm. However, 
it, it, when I started uh, a couple days ago looking at traps in D&D and kind of refamiliarizing myself with Tomb of Horrors, specifically the old DM, the old book, um, the uh, we never really look up. We don't really look sideways. We're mm-hmm. always looking at the floor because that's mm-hmm. the usual place because we're afraid of falling into a pit. But yeah, I mean, that to me just expresses that when you run a game that we are aware stuff's going to happen. But we are kind of lazy about it, too, <laughs> because, you know, uh, like, uh, you know, some of the traps are swinging devices that come from around a corner mm-hmm. and have spikes on them and things like that. Uh, you know, most of the time we're looking at the floor, just plundering along. And then suddenly we're not paying attention to something that's going to seriously hurt. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think we need more fear in the game. And I think traps is only one way to do it. Yeah, uh, but- yeah. Yeah, it's not the only way, and I, I think that that you know the whole the whole, the old dungeon crawl model is the one that the reason it we did it all the time in the '70s and '80s was because it worked and it was fun, and that that yeah. basic model of being more strategic, doing some reconnaissance, moving slowly from one area to another, checking it out. I think it actually makes it fun and it's more realistic, and that's that's why that was there. Um, so. Let's look at some basic traps, and then we'll look at some more complex uh, cool. ones. Which, some which I think there's a lot of humor. I think too in traps. There's humors that that crazy things happen to your character, and there's humor in the way they're designed. So I think that's part of it too that people miss. Um, so really basic trap is the pit trap. So just a pit that you could fall into. It could be hidden. It could um, have an illusion over it where it looks like there's grass there or stone a stone floor, but actually it's not. there's not. You could have spikes at the bottom of it to make it worse. You could also have monsters in there, lots of different things. You could have oozes or you could have another a monster who'd fallen in the trap already. Um, and then another thing which I, I've started to use is you have a locking lid. So the trap goes down. The person, person falls into the pit trap. It goes back up and locks. Um, I like that quite a bit. Which uh, this is actually, I, I finally just found it. This, this particular uh, example here, which I think this is from Tomb of Horrors or it might be uh, from one of the other ones. But this one here, uh, oh, which yeah. is, is is sort of, it's not, I don't think this is actually the locking lid version, yeah. but it's definitely of that. Instead yeah. of you being concerned that, you know, the pit is going to have like some sort of foliage over it. These are solid floors that look great, and mm-hmm. you start walking across them, and then they just kind of open up yeah. and drop you into whatever horror awaits. Yeah, it gives you a chance to, you know, you should have rope. You you hope you might have somebody yeah. who has a fly spell or levitation, or it gives you a chance to to do so many things to survive. Um, then there's trip wires. Now this is a trap that I wouldn't even use a save for because I think they're going off too fast. I think the pit trap, I would give a player in the more player-friendly 5e world, I would give them a chance to make a dexterity check to grab the edge. Unless I had something slippery on the edge as well. But the tripwire, I wouldn't do a save at all. It just goes off. Sorry, it's too fast. You're not going to be able to do anything about it. Um, It could be connected to falling. It could be connected to darts, a falling block. Um, You could have a falling net trap. Of course, there's pressure plate traps. If anybody's played Skyrim, these are everywhere. Um, and I wouldn't even have a save for a pressure plate trap too because it goes off so quick. And this yeah. could have poison needles connected, darts. Um, you could have a door trap. Like the door could open up and the pit could be right there. The player just, and if they don't say, you know, before I go through, I look around, they're going in the pit. Um or the door activates a pit. You go to open the door and a ceiling block falls down on you. One actually little tweak I heard one DM do was that the block didn't, often when he had things fall from the ceiling, it didn't fall at the front of the group. It would fall like three or four players back. <laughs> so, so they opened a door and somebody in the hall they were just in. <laughs> I like that. That's what yeah. these traps are supposed to do. They're supposed to be creative and exactly. they're supposed to... 
you know, make you fear what you're adventurers. You're digging around in a dungeon. It's not like you're going to the pub down the road, which could be just, you know, dangerous in its own way. But still, exactly, exactly. You could have an incubus try to pick you up like I had a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's also um, swinging blades, um, stairs that give way. And when the stairs that give way uh, happen, you could have spikes down below. You could have oil on the stairs. Um, obviously, bridges that fall apart, rope bridges or any kind of bridge. Yeah. Um, the falling portcullis. So this is one that's very common. So this is a, basically a gate that goes down and that could trigger other things. Like it could, maybe it closes the entrance to the dungeon as well and now you can't get out. Or it blocks off a hallway you want to go down. Um, you could have like collapse. Little balls running from, you know, you hear something clicking. You hear a clicking noise. It seems to be above you. A ball's running down a track, you know, to something that's going to trigger something else. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Um, you could have cool. collapsing roofs, the uh, walls that close in, like in the old um, Wonder Woman always used to have to deal with that. Um, chambers flooding. So flooding with gas or with water, that's a really good one where that challenges the players in lots of different ways. I know in Skyrim, the first thing I make sure that I always have are healing potions, cure disease potions, and at least one water breathing potion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because there yeah. are traps or there's times where you get caught underwater and you have no other option to do that other than to do that. I remember um, being so frustrated once with Skyrim that I re-rolled my character, started from the beginning, and I made sure that I was the uh, lizard race, which right. I remember the name of. Uh, yeah. because they're resistant to disease and they can breathe underwater right because i kept drowning in this one spot and like fine i'm just doing it again yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um so it helps to have you water breathing breathing potions or other ways of figuring out how you're going to breathe or get out of there um you could have the old statue that animates trap it could have a breath weapon it could grapple you there's there's lots you could do there it could move and block your way out and then there's portals, like you could have magical portals that send you to another part of the dungeon or send you somewhere else in the world or another plane yeah. even. Um, yeah, so that's a lot of the basic traps and ones that I use quite a lot. Um, the more complex ones, okay, here's one of my favorites. I think, I, yeah, I did use this on you guys once, but I'm not sure if you'll remember. So this is the countdown trap. There's lots of versions of this. So you come into a, a room, it can be any size pretty much. And as soon as you go in, what the doors lock and you see there's a lever in the middle of the room and you hear a countdown saying 10, nine, eight. <laughs> right. right. Okay, so you've just got into this chamber with the party. There's a big lever in the middle of the room and this countdown is going, what would you do? <laughs> oh god uh well i mean i think a lot of people would just nat naturally just go to uh to pull the lever because oh yeah. that'll stop so the if, thing if you pull say you pull that so it's counted down 10 9 8 7 and then you pull the lever then the countdown starts again 10 9 8 <laughs> and you know what happens no if you don't pull the lever to restart the trap it gets to zero and then the doors open again. <laughs> You're right. I don't remember that happening, but that's kind of awesome because I, I like think that. knowing the players that we play with, uh, yeah. somebody probably would have pulled the lever. <laughs> yeah, they did. I'm sure, I'm sure Jay and Sarah were there. Um, another great one is that you go into an area and as you move through it, you discover trap after trap that's already fired, right? So there's swinging blades that have already gone off and there's victims, maybe just a skeleton, maybe new victims. And then you find another trap and you keep going. And as you keep going along, there's, there's a whole series of these traps. And some people put it in a spiral. <clears throat> and then when you get to the end, um, there's treasure. Like it could be a bag of something or a treasure chest. And what happens is when you take this bag, kind of like in Indiana Jones, when he takes the, the skull, or, or if you open the treasure chest, you hear this 
kind of click large large clicking sound and clunking and clanking sounds and then you hear more and more of them and what you've done is you've just gone into the center of the trap and now you've reset all the traps back to the way that you came in <laughs> oh that is so evil so that's really really good really good and and you make it like they have at least half a dozen or more that they have to go through now to get back why don't we see more of those i mean really <laughs> another good one this was in one of the first series of adventures you're in a dungeon and most of it is lit but you get to one area where the torches are all out there's there's like sconces on the wall right and all of a sudden you get to the place that's super dark and um you just tell the players they smell this strange odor and um, the smart players will investigate and find out that it's actually, they're smelling oil. And what these creatures have done is they've soaked this whole one area in oil and then put all these flammable um, things out in the room. So the first person who lights their torch, the whole place is going to go up. Actually, I think you did that to us once and I've yeah, you went through or, that like, like a variation of that, and we you went did... through that adventure for sure. In Gray, the first time we went to Greyhawk, right? Yeah, I think, and we sent, we did avoid it because I think I think one of the players knew what was what was up. <laughs> you did, which you is did. fine. Backed, it could have happened. Yeah, you backed off, and then one player sent something into that area, and then it exploded, and then you and then you after the after it went off, then you went through. Um, another, then of course the classic rolling sphere, like Indiana, Indiana Jones, where you've triggered a trap and then this giant boulder, uh, spherical trap comes hurtling towards you. And in a dungeon, sometimes you don't have very many places to escape to. Um, another great one I like is that you get into a hallway and on one side of the hallway, you see this huge monster. And then you just put a trap on the other side. So, and the monster's approaching you. So you see like, uh, you know, maybe a trio of minotaurs or, um, you know, even a, like a mind flayer and they're coming down the hallway towards you. The players are going to turn and bolt the other way. And there's lots of things you can do. You could put pit traps. You could put cow traps line littered on the floor. So people are just running into this area. Um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of different ways of playing that, but I like that one quite a bit because usually people don't um, don't uh, figure it out. Although once you start using illusions, then people get more and more careful. Like now, my party mm. knows our groups usually know when they see something. Maybe check right. to see if that's actually there, because sometimes it's not. I, I was just skimming through the Grimtooth book and I found one of the traps that I recognize because I it always stuck with me that we don't see this enough. Right. Uh, because generally speaking, most people, when they are uh, traveling around in a dungeon and it's like, OK, well, you can go up the stairs, you go down the stairs. But this trap, I ran into this when I was a kid. And this trap oh, yeah. is basically you are just climbing some stairs, which most people go, okay, I'm going to go up the stairs. Yeah. No thought to anything else. Just, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go up the stairs. And they step on a pressure plate and arrows hit them in the face because yeah. they're right in the stairs that are sort of at eye level. And I always remember that. And I was looking and looking and I just happened to see a similar sort of trap like that. And I don't know what module it was, but I remember being scared after that when you're know, yeah. you know, like 12 years old and your character just took five arrows to the face because yeah. they were just going to climb the stairs. Uh, and I just love that because traps could be anywhere. They, you you just might not even suspect because yeah. characters get lazy and they're, yeah. you know. I think the best ones, I think this is what you're maybe talking about, are the best ones that really blend into the environment and are so exactly. well hidden. And you're just doing something natural that you would always do and then, that's why I like the stairs that collapse because um, you don't use it all the time, but at certain places, like, you know, especially if you're, say you're fleeing an area you don't want to be in 
and one person's on the stairs and they fall. Um, and then the rest of the party is made it up, up above. I thought it was funny too. I've seen some takes about people who say, well, it's they're boring because only one player is involved in it. But that's the whole game is like that. Um, one player has a turn at a time. Uh, one player might be speaking to an NPC at a time. Um, there's a lot of things that one player, like one player might do, be doing a complex spell. Um, that's just part of the game. And I think, you know, I think part of it is that a lot of games don't move along quick enough. The pace is too slow. Um, but I don't think, yeah, I don't see that as a problem. Um, it's not like you're there for, you know, five or 10 minutes even. You're probably not even that long with one player. Usually, you know, you again, you don't want to have the players too far apart. If you, you know, if you do have that, if the characters are too far apart, then there's always going to be problems. But um, I think the idea of one player being involved in a trap is fine. It's not going to go on for very long. And and um, I think that a lot of traps, I think people's assumption about traps is that it's, oh, I'm going to open that chest. Okay, you're going to check for traps? Yeah. All right, okay. I'm going to open that door. Are you going to check for traps? You know, and the DM should never really offer that, I don't think, uh, to say, hey, you're going to check? No, leave it to the players to be like, yeah. I'm going to do the thing. And... Uh, like some of the you know the pit traps, like the creative sliding, you know, things pivoting and and whatnot, really creates a chance for incredible creativity. How are you guys not going to die right now? Because yeah. the thing is opening, and you see lava down below. What are you gonna do? And you know that that is the oh, that's the essence of the game. Yeah, yeah. So other. Um cool things to do or to have there's a floor this is in one of the 80s modules too where the whole floor is on a counterbalance so unless you carefully move and balance the floor as you move across the entire floor is going to shift um, that is a good one there's one they call acid rain where you are going towards a statue or well there's a lot of ways you could do it but one way is you go up to a is it a treasure treasure chest and you open it up and as you open up the treasure chest it actually creates a slide behind you the whole floor slopes down behind you and then what pours out of the treasure chest is acid and the acid slides down as you're sliding down the trap and it's sliding down towards you that's a good one um, i gotta i gotta show you this one because uh, this is exactly what you're talking about so this is a you're looking down a down a hallway and then the hallway yeah. drops, and oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, that's like a good guy. one, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love and, and the reality yeah. is you are invading a place that is being protected by whatever foe you're against. Yeah, and the foe's been there a long time. Most yeah. of it, it's not like they ran into a castle twenty minutes before, and you're like, "Let's get into the castle and save the day." No, no, this is like you're going into someone else's house, and yeah, and they know you're coming at some point. Maybe not right now or today yeah. or tomorrow, but at some point, and they could be as creative as they want with how they stop people from coming in. Yeah, and, uh, although yeah. as we talked about last week, um. Not most of the monsters are not that smart, so it's True. once you get to higher levels that it's going to be more of an issue with having really complicated ones. But simple traps can kill you too. Um, oh well, exactly, totally, yeah, totally. A more interesting one too is where you have one which um, has basically trap doors or shoots that send uh, multiple shoots that go down to a low level in the dungeon, and at the bottom of the shoots, there's basically they call it like the shooting gallery. So the bottom that's where the barracks are for the soldiers or for the orcs or whatever it is. And they're just waiting there, you know, when they hear the shoot fire off and they're just waiting there with, you know, uh, ranged weapons. And as soon as you come out at the bottom into, you know, you fall down to the bottom, they open fire. So I like that too. Um, there's the sick second pit trap where you see where there is a pit trap in front of you. But then right behind it is another pit trap that is um, camouflaged. Yeah, those are evil. That, that's a good one. You know, like you think, oh, I'm I'm good. I've I've I made it. I've 
<laughs> and then, of course, anti-magic zones. So these are fun where maybe the magic doesn't work at all or it works in some strange way. Um, or also the anti-gravity zones are a lot of fun, too. Um, I have encountered have, those. Again, yeah. Creatures on the side, uh, you know, who arrive and you, all the players are floating in there and they're just shoot. They're just there taking pot shots at them with ranged weapons as they're floating along. I think it was um, Two of Horrors where there's the dancing room. Is that is that? Am I remembering that correctly? Uh, I would have I've to check. Which one. But there's yeah. there's definitely a, a trap in one of the modules I played in the in the past where you walk into the room. And I think there was like glowing orbs or something. There was something to attract your mm. attention. And then as soon as you got in, you just you just suddenly had this urge to dance or something or to run around or whatever it was. Right. But, uh, but basically you couldn't get out of it. There was only some certain ways you could do that. And uh, but yeah, that just popped into my mind. I haven't thought of that one in years. Yeah, it has a lot of very creative ones. There's some really cool ones. I think there's one in there where you get into this kind of chasm or a big open area in the dungeon and there's like um hanging platforms and you have to try to make your way from one to another to cross I know the exactly area. the one you're talking about. Yes, yeah. I know exactly the one you're talking about. So that's and there's like fun. water geysers or something making it slippery on the platforms or yeah. something. something was yeah, oh yeah. I that's I can see one. the image from the module in my head. Oh yeah, I hated that one. <laughs> there's also ways of using monsters that are and I, I like these actually quite a lot too, which are traps. Obviously, the mimic is the most obvious example. Um, mm. And then, and a mimic could be lots of different things. It doesn't have to be a treasure chest. It could be a door or a chest, you know, chest of drawers, a bed, could, lots of things. Uh, another one I like is a gelatinous cube. We've mentioned this one before briefly. You could have a gelatinous cube sitting in a pit trap. Yes. <laughs> That actually is probably one of the scariest things I, you know, I can think yeah. of in terms of gelatinous cube traps like that. Yeah. You don't see them. They're just so yeah. not, they're hard to catch. Well, exactly. And in a, you know, especially like in a dimly lit dungeon, maybe you see like the dungeon master might say, oh, there's a coin floating in the air or a dagger. And you're like, what, what's that? And actually they're inside the cube and you, you can't actually see the cube clearly. Um, Another great one I love to use is the gas spore because it looks, it's basically, this is how the monster is being created. It's basically supposed to be a beholder trap. So it looks quite a lot from a beholder at a distance. And so the hope is that the players will attack it. And if they're too close, um, when this thing uh, is attacked and killed, it explodes like a gas explosion. <laughs> I've used this. I just used this one like a couple of weeks ago, and I I, I use this one all the time because I also love beholders. So uh, it's again good to keep people on their toes. And uh, another good one that I use all the time are piercers. So these are yeah. the young version of the Roper, and they're basically a stalag, um, stalactite, stalactite, yeah, that is hanging from the roof of a cave. So I often use them when the cave is quite high and the players can't see into the darkness that well. And then they're just, they don't have, they can't do a lot. All they can do is shoot down and try to hit the players once. If they miss, their speed is so slow. I think in fifth edition, they move at 10 feet. Their speed is so slow and their armor class is so weak and they don't have many hit points that they're, the chance that they're going to get to the wall and then get all the way back up and drop again is unlikely. So they're a one-shot, a one-shot uh, <laughs> creature, like a kind of like a bee, right? They do their thing and then they're done. So um, I like having a whole bunch of those on a ceiling in a in a cave, and then they just rain down, and the play the players are like, "What is going on?" And especially combined That's with what something I mean, else. they don't look up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, combined with something else too, maybe they're fighting orcs or um, another creature on that you know, on the, on the ground. And then all of a sudden these things dro start dropping through the air. That's a very good point that fighting a creature uh, and having an encounter and then wandering into the lair of another creature rarely happens, but it is highly plausible. Like if you're in a caving yeah. system or a cave system of some sort, if you're in a dungeon that's been laid out, maybe the, 
people wanting you to stay out. They've okay. Well, hey, you know, we've got this uh, these spider creatures. They're gonna be they're gonna live in here and breed and stuff. And they'll be you know once people come through here, they'll be great. But uh, you know, if they if they want to bolt through and run through, I mean, you know, the next thing down the road is gonna be you know a gelatinous cube eating tea or having tea or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean that's totally possible where you could be fighting an orc and then you're like, okay, guys, we got to go this way or whatever for whatever reason, and then suddenly getting you know. Uh, a lot of uh, pierces in the head because, you know, you've wandered into another where the orcs maybe probably don't go. They're like, no, yeah. those guys are there. We're, they're good. They can do that. <laughs> exactly. They or or they knew, or they know where to go. They know like, oh, you know, tons of orcs are being killed there. We don't walk through that way. Um, and I like that combination. I do that quite a bit, a combination of creatures. Uh, recently, I did two from our wilderness book, the bog hopper, I had two of those fighting you guys and then a couple of dim spriggans. So yes. bog hoppers are these really fast moving little fey creatures that bite and spear you with their horn and spit poison. And they're, and they're just har- kind of a harassing creature that's very quick and hard to get a hold of. And at the same time, they were dealing with these very large creatures that have nasty claws and send out a swarm of insects. <laughs> so that was pretty much pandemonium. And it was only two of each of them. And the party was already eighth or ninth level. So technically, they should have easily been able to handle them. But the combination of the, the creatures made a, a challenge. Well, especially since I think players, I mean, I'm picking on players today. But, mm-hmm. but you know, there can be that sort of tunnel vision about... Uh, the reward is over there. We are going to go get that reward and uh, nothing is going to stop us. We'll kill whatever gets in our way, but yeah. never really consider that. Well, the thing you're trying to kill, that's you've, you've made it angry because you stepped in its dinner or something. Uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, 30 yards away, there's a, another creature that's sitting around just kind of having a rest or whatever. And it's like, what, what's that commotion? I'll go check it out. Uh, Cause creatures do that. You know, yeah. there's a noise, there's a sound, there's a light, there's a whatever. Yeah, uh, they might be attracted to go check it out, and you just might happen to be like, "Die, horrid thing! Yeah. Oh my god!" You know that kind of stuff. You know, there's another thing trying to eat me. Yeah. Well, I have to say, probably in fifth, since I started dungeon master doing DMing in fifth edition, I'd say it's only about ten or twenty percent of the time that the monsters don't know the players are coming. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. They do not, no one like, no one will walk stealthily for the entire, you know, traveling to wherever they're trying to get to. I yeah, we haven't had, I think, can think of one group of characters we've had that where the whole group is fairly stealthy. And that's the group for the dragon cult story. Because you have right, a right. monk and you have a rogue and you have a druid and none of them are using heavy armor. And you have, there's another couple of characters, but most of the parties aren't very stealthy. Like, especially like your barbarian, your, that Northern campaign we have for the world of Mir. Those guys all have heavy armor or medium armor. They're all big barbarians, fighters, clerics. So yeah, it's interesting where I think back in the day, uh, there were lots of stealthy parties. Um, yeah, there, it was more of a, a focus. I think cons, so as we talked about, there some people don't find them that fun, but I think that's part of the point in a way. But I think it's challenging, which is fun. Um, and there is a control issue, I think, where there's more people these days who don't like the fact that the DM has so much control. And that's just how the game is run. And I think it's only to a certain point, obviously, right? Um, you know, there are rules and the DM is usually following most of the rules. Otherwise, you're not really playing the same game. And I think it's that, you know, there's more questioning of authority in our society now, and which I think is good. But there's also boundaries that are necessary for things to operate. And um, leadership is, especially good leadership, is a good thing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing with a good DM, they know what their role is. Their role is to basically play God, 
but at the same time, they're they're not like they're not Old Testament. You know, it, it's you know, I'm here to 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 do this adventure. I'm here to to make it challenging, but at the right. same time, you're still a person at the table that you could say, "Hey, um, my character's on fire now uh, because I fell into a, a pit of I don't know fire snakes or something," and right. uh, I can't think of a single way to get out. And then the DM could be like, "Okay, great, you're dead." Or two, uh, you know, something could happen. Oh, the fire snakes decide, oh, it's break time. It's lunch hour. Come on, guys. Fire goes out for whatever reason. I don't know. It could be yeah. it could be a hundred different things. But the reality is that that uh, those who think that the DM has too much power probably shouldn't be playing D&D. <laughs> yeah, that's just part of the game. But I think, I mean, for me, I don't think of it as that. I I think of it more as myself as a director and almost like the players yeah. are actors uh, or the characters are actors in this movie that I'm that I'm directing and that I want to present interesting scenes and challenging scenes and an interesting plot and then and then you choose to go wherever you want and then I have to deal with whatever happens and have to adjust um, the story or um, you know come up with new ways of continuing the overall story and plot. So yeah, that's the way I see it is more like a director and the being in charge part is more that, you know, when it comes to making a decision about the rules that I'm the referee for that. Yeah. And that, you know, part of my responsibility I feel as a DM is to make it so it's not boring and try to involve each of the players as much as I can and find find something for their each for for each character, maybe not every single session, but try to find things that will, you know, involve each of the characters. And that's easier when the player has a you know an interesting backstory or a more in-depth backstory. It doesn't have to go on and on. But well uh, exactly they... and that's something that's really important. And we talked about when we were talking uh I don't know, six months ago, an episode, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, but how I, as a player, have learned playing with, with uh, the players that uh, that are in the campaigns that you're running is that some of them are really invested in making sure that there is something juicy for the DM mm -hmm. to look at and be like, you know what? I can work with that. I love that one element there or the entire thing because you've even had run some games where there's an entire backstory that is very close to what the story you've already got running is. And you're like, you know what? I could actually transpose that on top of there. It doesn't change much, uh, but it adds some flair to, hey, this character that you guys are playing with suddenly has some sort of status with another cl a clan or something or whatever it might be. And which gives such a rich thing and makes it fun for that player as well. Cause that player then has the responsibility of going, Oh yeah, guys. By the way, uh, yeah, my dad's a dragon. I've totally didn't. Yeah. I, I didn't want to bring it up, <laughs> yeah. because you know, cool things like that can happen, and yeah. and that's one of the things that I've really tried to work really hard at doing for the you know last few campaigns is that I got to make sure that I have something there because then otherwise your character is just a two D cutout. And, well, you know, I think it's I think it's kind of relative to a certain degree though. Like um, to me. You know, there there is also another modern take about how players, there's a good way to play, be a player in a bad way. I don't look at it like that at all. I look at it like it, we're playing, it's just a game and you, you yeah. show up with your character sheet and just play how you want to play. So if you have a real, if you have pages and pages of backstory, okay, maybe there's a lot that I could mine in there and that you can add to your character as you play them. Cool. If it's much more straightforward, um, that's okay too. Like, you know, it, it you know reminds me of extroverts and introverts and yeah. um you know the north american society that we live in and most of western europe is fairly extroverted um but it looks like at least half the people maybe even more than half are actually introverted <laughs> and so so there's actually lots of ways to play and and uh and i think yeah you can you know there's lots of ways players can access the game so we mentioned the cons, some of the cons that people have about traps, um, which we completely nullified all of their, <laughs> all of their complaints. 
<laughs> um, the pros, I would say, okay, so it makes the game more challenging. And I think because of that, it's fun. That's my my in my, my take. Um, it gives you more detail, adds suspense, and uh, and humor. Like I said, I think sometimes that's uh, not really looked at, but I think it's funny. It's like when you're playing Skyrim and you get clo too close to a giant and, or you're not high enough level and one of those giants hits you and your character just goes flying up into space and you and you look at the land below as your character comes flying back down to earth. Uh, it's funny. Um, so some of the things that happen, or you jump from a, you know, jump from a the, some sort of high uh, cliff or a bridge or something, you think you can make it, but your character does it, and you see the character like just ragdolling it down the end. Um, I think there's some humor in that, and uh, like you said, you're walking up the stairs, and then you you step on a pressure plate and you get an arrow right in the face. That's the best part. I mean, I, I got it. It's like, it's like back when I first played, uh, was it Skyrim? No, it was Oblivion. Mm. And I had played the previous game. I knew where, you know, how the game mechanics generally worked, went through the whole tutorial, all that kind of stuff. Then I was let out into the world and I'd never been to this area of Tamriel before. And I thought, I'm going to go to the southern tip way down there and check out what that town is about. So I went all the way down. I ran into like the odd creature here or there. Nothing I couldn't handle. Then I got to the thing and I got put on a quest. Hey, go that way and do the thing. I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to do that thing. Um, my level's pretty like two or whatever it was at the time. Mm -hmm. And then I was just walking along the road, you know, feeling a bit safe. And then I see a tower off to the right. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go to that tower. I go in the tower, there's nothing much there. Then I realize there's a secret door and I go down and then suddenly in this underground layer of some sort, had no idea what the heck was going on. And then I start fighting these, these dudes and uh, these dudes all were, were very unhappy with me being there. And then in the top right hand corner, I see the phrase, uh, you have now been infected or something like that. And I thought, what the hell was that about? So I, I, I finished these guys off not noticing their eyes were like glowing red. And mm. I thought, okay, uh, blah, 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 kill those guys. And I start walking away and I'm like, ha ha, I got some good treasure. Ha 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 And then the sun came out. <laughs> it's like, you are now taking damage. I'm like, why? Oh, you're a vampire. Sorry. I had no idea. But I didn't freak out. I didn't cry. I didn't scream. Oh my God, what these game designers did to me. It's like, oh, so I'm, I'm, I'm this thing. All right. Okay. I got to deal with that now. And so I, it launched me down this like, you know, 45 minute uh, direction of how do you deal with vampirism in this particular game? And I, yeah. I'm looking at the online stuff. It's like, well, you got this, you could do this, you could do that. And that dominated the amount uh, a bunch of time. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to play as a vampire. I'm going to see how that plays out. And, you know, took a lot of damage during the day. Had to travel at night, but still, it it brought some flavor to the game where I just, as a new player, was like, "I'm going that way, whatever," and it taught me a lesson that you can do that, sure. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> here's a reason that you might not want to do that every single day. Ah, <laughs> uh, see, all of this stuff, as you and I keep talking about, it's like it's the flavor game. It's all these different things. Whoa. Uh, all these different things that you can encounter and deal with. And at the same time, just remember that it is very much a game and you don't have to freak out and be precious with anything. Sure, be precious with a few things, but really, mm -hmm. overall, just try and roll with it as much as you can because otherwise uh, you just either will hate the game or it'll just become boring for you. And, yeah. uh, and those are kind of the things that I think are really um, not, uh, uh, not uh, things that, just, that, that aren't ever really said. I think that, that those kinds of things kind of get ignored, but that's just my personal take on it. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully people are playing games for fun. So that would be good. Well, you'd think that that would be a thing, but a lot of the time mm -hmm. it's not. And and I'm just going to put this out there. This is <laughs> yeah. a reminder. 
<laughs> that yeah. it's just a game because if you uh otherwise it just becomes life again what's the point of that <sighs> time to play any, uh, any final words um again this is just actually you know it reminded me how much the how much fun these are and to make sure again i don't like to overdo it with them and they have to make sense so yeah. i have a lot of adventures that take place in the wilderness um i don't just use the dungeon i I don't just use the city. So traps, again, have to make sense. They have to be in places where, um, yeah, where it would make sense in the story. But uh, it's reminded me, again, about how fun they are, and especially ones like the... I do really love that countdown one. And part of it I like is that it's not it's not a dangerous one. It's just funny. It's just... Uh, and it, it, it really gets the players confused and very quite anxious and um it's it's a good challenge but it's it's doesn't come with any really nasty consequences no exactly and i mean that's what i i was saying earlier about you know those ones like the i'm trying to get the, the the type of machine you know a whole bunch of things uh work together that are not really related you know a ball rolling down knocking oh like a mousetrap sort of device exactly like those kinds of yeah. things because you're yeah. going to have like a really elaborate one and players trying to solve the problem. Yeah. But all it really does is, you know, rings a small bell at the end or yeah, something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or the last, like last little part of it is like, it tips over like a food bowl for like a small dog, you know, <laughs> that's, that's the last mine, part. Mine would love that trap. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We could use that at this house. <laughs> and here too. Cause apparently. Yeah. But uh, but everyone, thank you again for watching, listening, hanging out with us for a little bit of time every week. And uh, we will definitely be back next week talking about something, you know, cool uh, related to D&D. &D. And we hope you've learned something about traps because they're hard. They're not easy to do. And, uh, and I think that a uh, little creativity can go a long way. Until next time. Bye, everybody. Later.